Hello and welcome aboard the Galan Says Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts, and now exclusively live on Twitch. I am Paul Gallant. Hey, Paul, why are you moving to Twitch, a place where you have like 20 followers? It's a great question, but it does seem like Twitch is the place where you can be the most interactive. And I mean, what did I used to say about my sports radio show all the time, whether it was Galan at Night on 610 in Houston or the Paul Galan Show on 710 in Seattle? We're the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle or Houston. Nay, the world. Technically, we're not that interactive right now, but the plan is to do these on Twitch to, once I'm done recording them, to post them on the Galan Says podcast feed, which has been, I don't know, very inactive over the last uh, couple of months. I've been lazy. Sorry. Don't really have a good excuse for it. Wish I could say, yeah, you know, I've just been dealing with a lot of... Uh, mental health issues. You know, I wish I could pull a Ben Simmons, but sadly I can't. And look, Ben Simmons is probably going through something too, but I was too. I was fired after all. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do it live on Twitch and we will interact with folks like Stone Jam 206. Miss you in Seattle, Paul. Stone Jam 206, you might be the only commenter on today's show, but I appreciate you joining very, very much. I watched The Batman yesterday. It was really, really good. And I was surprised by how good it was. I went into it not thinking it would be bad. I talked to a couple of friends before, and they said, yeah, this is very good. I think a lot of us, when we saw that Robert Pattinson had been cast as the new Batman, you assume the worst. You think about the guy who was in Twilight. You think about, what was his name? Edward? Whatever the case. He's a very pasty Cedric Diggory looking, chain smoker looking, tall man who was going to play Batman all of a sudden. And I think a lot of people were like, really? There's another Batman first off. Second off, I mean, Ben Affleck wasn't very good as Batman. Robert Pattinson's going to be good. But I don't know. Maybe we should be a little bit hesitant when it comes to the conclusions we might jump to when it comes to all things Batman. Because we, I think we're saying the same things about Heath Ledger being cast as the Joker for the Dark Knight. And look how that ended up going. The Batman was very, very good to the point where I would even put it in the same weight class as the Dark Knight. It had a very different vibe to it. A vibe that, for those who are up in Seattle, you might really like. I mean, they actually incorporated grunge into the movie. They put a Nirvana song in there. Something's in the way. And you'd play it nonstop over the course of the movie. But it was perfect. It's a perfect mood setter. Essentially, in a nutshell, without revealing any spoilers, this version of The Batman is a detective drama that's exceptionally dark and I think paints Gotham City the way that a lot of people wanted to paint it. You watched a lot of the movies, it's kind of turned campy. And the last movie's sequel or trilogy, uh, I'm not going to count Batman versus Superman, Donna Justice. Uh, the last trilogy was the Christopher Nolan one and... Yeah, it felt like Gotham City was somewhat different from your average United States city, but the Gotham City in the comics is just this absolute shithole. It is a terrible, terrible place. And I thought they did a really good job of painting it that way in this version of the movie. And I think Robert Pattinson deserves a lot of credit. 
He played a version of Bruce Wayne, who is essentially unsure of himself as Batman, unsure if he's making a difference. And I, I just like the whole vibe of the movie. Sure, it was a little long. It was three hours. Yes, there was a baby crying throughout the movie. That was terrible. Nobody should bring their baby to a movie. What are you doing if you're bringing your baby to a movie? Let alone a PG-13 rated movie. But it was really good. And I hope that they end up making a sequel out of it. If you actually did watch the movie, you could definitely see where they might potentially go. While I was walking into the movie, though, I started thinking about a man that I used to cover. A former quarterback for the Houston Texans. A guy by the name of Brock Osweiler. Have you ever noticed that Brock Osweiler looks a lot like Robert Pattinson? Brock Osweiler made me hate football during the 2016 season where he was the starting quarterback of the Houston Texans. He came in, he signs the four-year, $72 million deal. It's the first time the Texans have been aggressive. You're wondering, okay, I mean, he stepped in for paid Manning for a little bit the year before in Denver. He never was particularly impressive, but he helped Denver right the ship before the playoffs where Manning took over and led the Broncos to a Super Bowl and eventual title. But he was basically like, by leading, he, he was just there. <laughs> he was like, a, he was a passenger seat driver. The defense was the one that carried him all that way. But... Osweiler performed admirably in the eyes of some, and some believed, okay, well, maybe as a starting quarterback, he'll be really good. That clearly did not work out with the Houston Texans, and it was really frustrating to watch. And to make matters worse, there was something about Brock Osweiler and the way that he spoke that really drove me crazy, really drove me crazy. There was a just something about Brock... And the way that he spoke to people where it, it sounded like someone trying to be a politician. It was so polished, but it never sounded authentic. For an example, I once asked Brock Osweiler after a game where he threw two or three interceptions if there was a theme to his interceptions. And he said this. I think every interception really has a different story. And I wanted to jump out of the window at the top of the press box, which is high above NRG Stadium. I heard that and thought to myself, damn, I, for the love of God, can never, ever, ever again ask him a question in good conscience. I can never listen to him again. Just a lot of him talking, and he read all these leadership books, talking the way that he thought a leadership, excuse me, someone in leadership should say. By the way, shout out to DJ Wilder, my ex-producer in Seattle, who is on chat. I got to get back to work, but wanted to say what's up. What's up, DJ Wilder? Good to hear from you, buddy. I know DJ saw the new Batman movie. So, Brock Osweiler sounded so different. And I thought to myself while I was watching this Batman movie, because Brock Osweiler kind of looks like Robert Pattinson. What would happen if... Brock Osweiler, instead of trying to sound like a leader, sounded like an emo man. An emo uh, millionaire, in the case of Bruce Wayne, who just seemed nihilistic. There's this part in the movie where Robert Pattinson, as Bruce Wayne says, I don't care if I live or die anymore, man. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know why, but that just cracked me up. And then when you got Nirvana playing this in the background throughout the movie and you're hearing uh, something in the way. Can we hear this right now? This is the karaoke version because I think this is the only way I can play it without a license. 
you know, you put this underneath Brock Osweiler as he talks, and maybe if Brock Osweiler actually sounds like the Batman, he would be a little bit more, I don't know, believable. I don't care if I live or die. My belief is whether I'm the starter, whether I'm the backup, I'm going to show up the exact way. I'm going to prepare the exact way. I'll always be ready to go. Like, not a good quarterback, but if he sounds like this, I'm always going to try to win with a positive mindset. I mean, I think he would have been a little bit more likable. The way that he spoke, though, it was always like, I've always approached the game going back to when I got drafted into the National Football League. Like, I was going to be the starter in the National Football League. That's how you have to prepare in the National Football League, whether you are first string in the National Football League or second string in the National Football League or third string. And what if you said it differently? I've always been the tallest guy in my class. Robert Pattinson version. Going back to first grade, the announcers have always had fun with it. But now I'm out on this football field trying to prove people wrong. Anyway, this is something I was workshopping. Brock Osweiler, good for him, finding a second career as the Batman because, you know, look, he's got to eat. He's got to eat at some point. Let's take a look at what's going on in the comments section because this is the most interactive and perhaps very loosely organized version of the Galant Says podcast. Uh, GL Rangers says, new Batman movie is good, but it's not as good as The Dark Knight. Come on. I, I didn't say it's as good as The Dark Knight. It's in the same weight class. Dark Knight, there's no topping it. Heath Ledger as the Joker was fantastic, but... Here are the reasons that I would put it in the same weight class, and I think it's the best, second best Batman movie that I've seen, and I've seen all of them except for, um, I think I've seen them all except for Batman Returns or Batman Forever. I forget which one. Um, first off, I really like the way that they depicted Gotham City. I really like the just dark vibe to it. No movie's quite gone as dark as that. It like really felt like the comic book version of it. I'm not going to act like I've read all the Batman comics or anything like that, but they nailed that. It also felt realistic, too. You know, some of the Justice League ventures have, you know, you have these like, hey, look, here's this like stupid-looking Steppenwolf uh, villain from outer space or something like that. Eh, I, sorry, not believable. And some of the Marvel movies, too. Thanos, eh, I don't know. This feels like it could actually sort of happen in real life. Not 100%. I mean, Batman's getting shot point blank with a shotgun throughout this movie, and he's like, he's totally fine. This armor that he's wearing is apparently the greatest invention of armor of all time. But it, it just felt like it was actually real. Batman wasn't even sure if he was making a difference. You know, as Robert Pattinson, he had no idea. Instead, he's just, you know, writing a diary and saying, like, I hope I'm making a difference, but I'm not sure. You got to watch it. I, I I thought it was really good. And as Stone Jam 206 points out, there were very, very good villain actors in this one. Yes, 100%. I would say first off, um, and I got to look this up. <laughs> I forget his name already. Guy who plays the Riddler in Batman, uh, Paul Dano. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Paul Dano in The Girl Next Door? He was one of the members of the tripod? Yes, he is. Okay. He's the awkward tall guy in the tripod that apparently is really hung when they decide to film the, the uh, porno movie. Well, he plays the Riddler, and it was a fantastic portrayal of the Riddler. It was like, hey, here's the Zodiac killer. 
I like the way that they made him. Whoever played Catwoman, I liked her character as well. I, I thought this was good. It wasn't all about Bruce Wayne, but it was a different version of Bruce Wayne. And I think that it's uniqueness where it wasn't campy like all of the Batman movies before the Dark Knight trilogy. And in the Dark Knight where, you know, the Joker kind of just steals the show. And the first one's good. The third one dragged out a little bit. I I really liked it. Oh, Josh Innes says Paul Dano was in Little Miss Sunshine. Yes, he was. I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. I don't even remember if I liked it or not. I felt like I was supposed to like it based off the way that people were talking about it after the fact. But I'm not sure if I remember much. Doesn't it begin? Steve Carell tried to kill himself. And then there's, there's a little girl. I guess she's Little Miss Sunshine. You're welcome for the plot of this movie in a nutshell. Uh, J4Sun83 says about... Damn time you're back on Twitch. Yeah, I, I don't have an excuse. <laughs> I've just been procrastinating it. And there's this part of me that always wants to go on and just be as close to perfect as I possibly can, even though that's not actually reachable. And then I find that I just, because I don't feel like it's going to be perfect before I start it, I don't do it. So this is me basically just taking the cold plunge and trying, workshopping Brock Osweiler as Robert Pattinson as uh, Batman. It was good, though. If you haven't seen it, I, I recommend you watch it. I know that there are some out there that aren't into the comic book movies that aren't into any of that stuff. He, even Josh Ennis liked it. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hang on. You're probably talking about, you're probably talking about Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, Josh Beard, my other buddy. Uh, LMS was a good movie, Little Miss Sunshine. Imperfection is the best part of Twitch. I know, but my big problem was I can't, I just can't, I can't, I can't feel confident going into it unless I have all these notes in front of me, like a complete psychopath. I don't know why I'm like that, but here I am, improving, telling you about what goes on behind the scenes. This is my, my little studio here. I did want to have like one of those really cool backdrops like everybody has these days now, but all I got, all I got is, is this wall and my high, school, my high school football shrine. There's just that. That's it. Do I take high school football too seriously? You're goddamn right I do. What else were we going to talk about? Oh, well, look, I haven't gotten to weigh in on the Seahawks in a little bit. I am wearing a Seahawks shirt today. We, we did, I guess, get some news over the weekend in that same way that we got news about Aaron Rodgers, which is, hey, here's a headline. And these headlines are essentially the same as seeing, hey, North Korea tried to launch a nuclear missile again. When any rumor about Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson comes out, I, I'm just shrugging. I mean, eventually, I, I would imagine North Korea is going to hit something with these little test launches that they do where they're always trying to get themselves back in the news cycle. But both with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, I mean, <laughs> when are you actually going to believe that something is happening? I know we, as a society in Seattle, we were like, uh, every single time that we heard a headline from outside of Seattle about how Russell Wilson was going to go, we're like, no, that's not actually the case. And I guess the most recent one was that the Washington Commanders decided to offer a couple of first-round picks for Russell Wilson. Well, that doesn't mean that the Seahawks were actually thinking about accepting the offer. Much like last year where the Chicago Bears made a trade offer for Russell Wilson and everyone said, Russell Wilson's heading to Chicago. That's for damn sure. What? Why? Why did you think that? They were offering a guy that they cut five days later along with a couple of picks. No, they were just essentially being like your friend at the bar who sees a really hot person, 
doesn't actually go to approach said hot person. Then somebody else approaches that hot person, maybe walks home with that hot person, but your friend's like, you know, if I'd been there quicker, you know, I, I would have done the same thing. We all have friends like that. That's essentially what the headline with the Washington Commanders was. They told somebody that they made that offer, much like the Bears told somebody that they made that offer. Because if you try, you can potentially save your job in today's NFL. Hey, fan base, we're trying. We weren't trying before, but right now, we're trying. So that was a headline that took place. And then I saw Mike Florio, though, retweet something after a story that reads as this, the headline. Pete Carroll, we have no intention of trading Russell Wilson. But then Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk. I like his website. I actually don't hate Mike Florio the way some some of y'all do. (laughs) Mike Florio had this right saying, well, since he said we have no intention of trading Russell Wilson, that doesn't mean that they're not necessarily trading Russell Wilson. Again, if Russell Wilson sets out games and then forces his way out of town, totally different story. But we haven't gotten to that point yet. So let's stop pretending like that's right around the corner from happening. So that story, that headline comes out. And... I think a lot of people are of the belief that we are going to see Aaron Rodgers somewhere else or we're going to see Russell Wilson somewhere else. But I just don't see that happening. Uh, Stone Jam 206 says if the Hawks don't trade Russ, they will have uh, the money to add any significant additions. But what kind of fucking significant addition are you going to make if you don't have a quarterback? Who cares? It doesn't matter. If you decide to trade away your best player, what's the point of any asset? The same thing with the Packers. Why would you trade Aaron Rodgers right now? Yes, he has not made it happen in the playoffs. Somebody else is going to that's available to you right now? Jordan Love? You're going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo after you trade Aaron Rodgers? I mean, what's what's your alternative here? And I I think Rodgers is saying he's torn. There's nothing there. It used to lie. You know, like the song, Torn? Anyone remember that one? Bueller, Bueller, back in the day. That's what's going on. You know, back in the day. That song. Um, He said he was torn about whether or not he's going to play for the Packers next year. He's not torn. He's torn on whether or not he can play on a team that doesn't have Devontae Adams anymore. And we still have a little bit of time before the franchise tag deadline. The Packers have to give Devontae Adams the franchise tag. If they don't, though, and you're Aaron Rodgers, I can see why you maybe want to force your way out of town. But I think right now, what Aaron, all Aaron Rodgers was doing by saying he's torn is that he wants the Packers to re-sign Devontae Adams. It's his number one target. I mean, he was throwing to him in that entire game against the 49ers, even when he was covered. Probably too much, honestly. A little bit too much of a safety blanket in that game. Over and over and over again, he was throwing it to Devontae Adams. It wasn't working out. Nope. Not at all. So, I think on that front... When it comes to um, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think there's anything that's around the corner happening. And the same thing with Russell Wilson, too. But there were some other headlines that involved with the Seattle Seahawks over the weekend. Um, One of them was about Bobby Wagner from Pete Carroll. We'd love to have Bobby Wagner. We'll work toward that. Huh. $16.35 million base salary. $20.35 million under the cap. And he's not the difference maker he used to be. But Pete Carroll said, we expect to play with Bobby. We love playing with Bobby. He's been a great player. Another great season. Eh, debatable. At this time of year, there's a lot of guys that are in the position where we got to figure out where everybody fits together. And Bobby's been such a steady part of that. We'd love to be able to play with him. So we'll work towards that. Blah, blah, blah. If we can do that, we'll do it. $20.35 million. 
No. Sorry. He's not making that kind of difference anymore. And if we're going to combine that little tidbit about Bobby Wagner with Pete Carroll saying the Seahawks have been arrogant on defense, can't be arrogant anymore, well, that doesn't make any sense, right? The Seahawks have loved to run this same defense over and over again to a point where in an era of football where every single team is traditionally out in its nickel package, the Seahawks were out there in their base 4-3 with three linebackers and giving up historically alarming amounts of yardage. If you're saying we've been a bit arrogant over the years, you're a bit arrogant to assume that you're going to get the same difference making from Bobby Wagner ever again. He's not as impactful as he used to be. Is he a bad player? No, not by any stretch, but he's not the kind of physical linebacker that you used to have. And if you feel like you and your style of defense has been arrogant over the last couple of years to the point where you got rid of Ken Norton Jr. and you're maybe looking at things in a different from a different perspective, then I don't know, just me, but maybe, just maybe, you should be looking at not linebackers as the building block of your defense or a safety in Jamal Adams who is a lot like a linebacker. I mean, you got two guys that are essentially like that, and how much of a difference did they make for you last season? How many takeaways are they creating? Bobby Wagner's great when he blitzes. Jamal Adams, great when he blitzes. But outside of that, what are they, what are they bringing to the table for you? They're not making the kind of difference that you used to get from a Bobby Wagner. And if you have a linebacker who's maybe not as physical as he used to be, why do you think it's going to get better? And why do you think he's worth $20 million? And if you're arrogant defensively, why are you thinking about bringing him back? Why are you making commitments to things that you don't need to necessarily make a commitment to right now? We have no intention of trading Russell Wilson. I mean, that makes sense. I think you should make a declaration on that front because things have been so annoyingly noisy. And if you're a fan of the Seahawks, you probably want somebody to tell you, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Even if you don't believe it's going to happen anyway. But in the case of Bobby Wagner, that does not add up with the Seahawks saying they've been arrogant on defense. They can't be arrogant anymore. Just doesn't. Stone Jam 206 asks, how old is BWAC? That is a great question. You know what the best part about this show is now? Now I'm just going to filibuster while Googling things that I should know. You know? Bobby Wagner, age 31 years old, June 27th of 1990. It's always weird to think of the person that's in the NFL as being younger than you, even if he is slightly younger than you. I'm still getting past that. 32 years old. I'm older than Bobby Wagner. Am I more mature than Bobby Wagner? No. Am I better at football than Bobby Wagner? No, I'm not. I had to think about that for a second, huh? The Batman's good. Babies in movie theaters, bad. You know what else is bad? I didn't watch it over the weekend. I don't get why people watch it. I actually want to know if people seriously watch it or if you just read all the stories about it the next day, read all the headlines about it the next day. Does anyone enjoy watching the NFL Combine? Or am I alone in thinking it is boring as hell? I don't get it. I mean, okay, you got a bunch of guys running around in shorts. If you like to watch guys run around in shorts, that's your prerogative. Absolutely. Fantastic. Maybe every now and then someone running the 40-yard line is going to trip over his penis and then it will flop out. And you're like, ha-ha, there's his penis. Or something like that. Maybe that's what you're watching for. But to me, I, I don't know. It's, it's boring. It's quiet. It's basically everyone's being as quiet as possible while you watch a bunch of guys run the 40-yard dash. And then they compare them over time. And oh, that's cool, the time lapse of everybody running the 40. And wow, we saw a ton of people running really incredible 40 times. Like a defensive lineman ran a 4.36. There was a defensive tackle running a 4.78. He's 340 pounds. Like there were some 
I guess, cool numbers out there. But watching it, okay, five seconds, done. They're not racing anybody. The times are always inaccurate at first, and we don't find them out until a little bit later, so everyone gets excited. Whoa, that's the fastest 40 time ever. Oh, wait, no, it's not. We had to get the accurate timing of it a little bit afterwards. And um, I just don't find that part particularly entertaining. I would rather see an actual competition here. If we're going to have a 40-yard dash, well, why not have guys running against each other? So they're racing each other. You get to determine just how competitive they are or something like that. That's somewhat entertaining, right? It's definitely more entertaining than watching a bunch of guys just running around. Uh, Stone Jam 2SX says, boring. Don't watch. Um, before we get to things I'm more mature than that Josh Beard just presented out there. Yeah, very, very, very short list. Um, I think also like a bench press off. Oh, great. You're doing bench presses, whatever. It's, it's like watching, it's like spotting somebody at the gym. No one enjoys that. But how about two guys next to each other trying to do a bench press off? I don't know. Adding a little competition to it, I'd watch it. No competition, I'm not going to watch it. I mean, the only thing that I would find to be really, really compelling would be to get a supercut of all the worst questions asked about random things from a prospect at the NFL Combine. I'm actually looking this up right now. Weirdest questions asked at the NFL Combine. Because I, I, I would really want to see the reactions to this. I guess it's sort of a violation of privacy for those players. But if they're going to be asked questions like this, I don't know. Why not, why not have the people asking the questions actually have said questions be televised? Uh, questions that have been asked. Do you find your mother attractive? Well, yes, yes, I do. My mother is attractive. We got great genes. Uh, listen, that's not weird to say. You're allowed to be proud of your family's good looks. Uh, two, do you like men? What's wrong with liking men? I would like to see somebody get asked that question and turn the tables. They're asking that question because I think they want people to get pissed off and say, oh, red flag. He didn't like it when we asked him whether or not he would murder his mother with a brick or a hammer. Uh, one question asked, when did you lose your virginity? Mm, 20 years old for your boy. End of sophomore year of college. I was in love with one girl. Thought things were going to happen with this girl. If I just kept on waiting, oh, it'll happen. She'll leave her boyfriend for me. Her boyfriend of three years. She'll leave for me. And then she didn't. I was like, oh, well, this person likes me. It was so disappointing. Probably lasted 30 seconds. <laughs> Wasn't very good experience for anybody. And the worst part was this girl that I thought was going to wait for me afterwards. She came into my room. She saw, uh, I guess, like a, a little sliver of like a condom wrapper there. And she said, nice. <laughs> It was so depressing. I was like, oh, okay. So we're, we're clearly, we're clearly friends here. Uh, other questions. Is your mother a prostitute? Yeah, that one would definitely be designed to get someone pissed off. What's your murder weapon of choice? A gun, definitely. Right? You're going to kill someone? I don't want to do it with an actual weapon unless you're a complete psychopath. Would you rather be a cat or dog? Cat, because I can jump and I wouldn't. You know, I think I could just nap all day. And I also feel like as a cat, I wouldn't be sad when my owners are gone all day long. Under the sea. Where does the sun rise and where does it set? Ooh. Well, if you ask Jared Goff that question, he might not get it right. 
All right, let's go through some of the comments before we hit uh, the road. What things are, is Paul more mature than? I'm not sure about the grammatical correctness of that. That comes from Tooth Pete, a.k.a. Josh Beard, my old Sports Radio 610 producer. Um, hmm. I am more mature than toddlers. Yes. I am more mature than teenagers. Yes. Am I more mature than college-aged kids? Kind of. I dress better, probably. Does that mean I'm actually more mature? I don't know. Uh, other questions here. Uh, Stone Jam says, yep, boring. Didn't watch. What's going on with the Deshaun Watson front? Well, we're still waiting for the deposition side of things. And until we know whether or not Deshaun Watson is facing felony charges, I think there is a good chance that Deshaun Watson does not end up getting moved anywhere. Which, yeah, that's kind of frustrating, right? I mean, I get it. Who the hell wants to trade for this guy with all the things that he is facing? But I think if you're someone who follows the Texans, you either want him under center for you, and you're just like, yeah, whatever, those 22 things didn't happen, right? Like, I know there's some people are like, oh, absolutely, I don't want that guy. But then you, you're going to watch whoever's the next quarterback of this team, and you're not going to be very thrilled. Oh, wow, Davis Mills' honeymoon phase is his rookie year. You don't have any expectations. Well, what about the expectations in year two? How long is it going to take for you to be like, eh, did I really, do I really want to take this stand for Deshaun Watson? I think we all would like to say that we would, but I think there's a lot of us listening right now, watching right now, that probably don't quite feel that way. Personally, I'm like, uh, people like this, you got to cut them out. Got to cut them out of the league. I'm, I, I, I don't like it when... Someone like this can get away with it entirely because of all the money he has. Our legal system is one where you got money, you're probably going to do pretty well. But there's also a part of me that's just thinking, I've seen so many bad quarterbacks here. From a football perspective entirely, can I deal with watching a non-Deshaun Watson quarterback under center for a full season? Especially given that the last two years I was watching Russell Wilson. Even if Russell Wilson wasn't 100% last year at times, it's still Russell Wilson compared to insert anybody else. Um, do, 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 do. Josh Beard says, you're more mature than one of my kids. That's fun. I'd say you might be more mature than me. That's a strong list. Uh, Alex Obario asks Josh Beard, how many times, hi, Alex, does the word Gallant appear on the stream? Not enough. It's Gallant says with Paul Gallant starring Paul Gallant and also featuring Paul Gallant and sometimes Paul Gallant. So there you go. That's going to wrap up this first edition of the Gallant says podcast show on Twitch rolling off the tongue, isn't it working title? Here's the deal. We're going to try to do this on Twitch only every afternoon at three central time. If you want to join the conversation, you want to see it live. You got to be on the Twitch stream. It'll be up on YouTube afterwards. It'll also be on the Gallant says podcast feed. So that way, you can actually listen. As time goes on, they will sound better. I needed to get started, so I finally got started today. Hopefully, it wasn't an absolute piece of shit. But if you like the smell of the piece of shit, I encourage you to subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, yada, 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 twitch.tv slash Galant says. I'm also on YouTube, youtube.com slash Paul Galan. Thank you so much for tuning in. So long. Farewell. We'll be back at it 
tomorrow at 3 Central Time. And until then, later, bros and lasses.